1: This week on Heritage Bible Radio, Pastor Jim Harris will teach us from the book of Mark, chapter 8, verses 22 through 26. This is the account of a single miracle, and it's recorded only in Mark's gospel. Jesus and his disciples are still traveling around the Sea of Galilee, and now they've come to the home of several of the disciples called Bethsaida. Jesus is continuing to teach the disciples, and as we can see in verse 21, they still weren't getting it. Jesus asked them, Do you not yet understand? And this new miracle provides an illustration of their lack of sight. He asks the blind man, Do you see anything? And we might add in parentheses, Yet? You wonder, did the disciples get his point? The illustration could equally apply to all of us. How much of Jesus have you seen and understood? How has it changed your worldview? How has it changed you? Do you understand yet? Here's today's slice of the message entitled For Your Eyes Only.
0: For this morning I want you to join me in Mark chapter 8. We're going to uh, look at a fairly brief passage and uh, I don't want to get into the next one so we will just pick out these five verses for today, Mark eight twenty two through 26. For your mental file of Bible trivia, you might want to log that our passage for today deals with one of only two miracles that are recorded only by Mark. Not in Matthew, not in Luke, not in John, only by Mark. And that's pretty significant because Mark is the shortest of the four Gospels. The other one we saw just a couple of weeks ago, that was the healing of the deaf man, chapter 7. This is also, if you want a little more Bible trivia, this is one of three times when Jesus used spitting as part of a miracle. I don't know what to make of that in any significance or how to bless your life with it today, except to say, I promise not to. The other two, by the way, involve uh, the blind man in John chapter 9 and that same deaf and mute man that we saw in Mark chapter 7. Now, it would be easy to think of this as just another miracle. We've seen countless miracles in Mark already. I'm sure the blind man who received sight that day didn't think this was just another miracle. It, it changed his life. But it's more the inferences from when and where Jesus did this that make it stand out. Also, there are two things about this miracle that we can't explain, and I'll show you what those two are in just a moment. Now, I've chosen to call it For Your Eyes Only. You'll see why from verse 26. Very simple to outline. Verse 22, the setting for a miracle. Then verse 23 and 24, phase 1. Then verse 25, the fine-tuning. And then finally, For Your Eyes Only in verse 26. So Mark chapter 8 and verse 22. Let's look at the setting here. And they came to Bethsaida. They brought a blind man to Jesus and implored Him to touch Him. All right, there's giving you some setting and some context. We are familiar with Bethsaida. We saw earlier in this book that Bethsaida was the home of Peter, Andrew, Philip, and maybe even Nathaniel. The word Bethsaida literally means house of the fish. It's right on the Sea of Galilee. It's no surprise that fishermen came from there, even though they had, by the time of being called by Christ, moved their operation to Capernaum. Jesus fed that group of 5,000 men plus women and children right near Bethsaida. So some of the people around might very well, almost certainly, have eaten miracle fish sometime in the months prior to this event. Now, if you happen to be really observant as you work your way through the Gospels, you will notice that Bethsaida is referred to as a village and it's also referred to as a city. Uh, Which one is it? Village is small, city is big. Well, it was small and it got big. That's not a problem by any stretch of of the imagination. It was for a long time a village, but after Herod the Great died and his region was divided up among his four sons, his son named Philip, Philip the Tetrarch, enlarged the village of Bethsaida and beautified it and named it Bethsaida Julius in honor of Julia, the daughter of Emperor Augustus. That was what you did when an emperor gave you something. It's a matter of Uh, the experience and the frame of reference of the person who's describing it, whether they would think of it as a village or as a city, kind of like if you lived in Boise 50 years ago and you live in Boise now. It's quite a bit different than it was. Now, timeline-wise, we are in the time when Jesus is focusing His attention on the disciples' He's, he's no longer traveling around from synagogue to synagogue and reasoning in the, in the synagogues with the Jews. He's no longer healing crowds of people. He's no longer preaching in public, not even in, not even in parables as He had done for some time. Now, in the weeks and likely a, a couple of months before this, Jesus had taken His men At least the 12, and probably some others that would have been under the category of disciples. And he had taken them on a circuitous trip, uh, probably kind of a walking tour and just teaching along the way. He was pouring his life into these men and preparing them for the ministry they would have after he died and rose again and ascended to the Father. They had started in Capernaum on the, the northwest tip of the Sea of Galilee and they had gone northwest from there into Gentile country to the city of Tyre, and then north of that into the city of Sidon. That was a region called Phoenicia It had been Phoenicia for a long time. Syria had taken control of it, so hence Phoenicia After Tyre and Sidon, then they went back to the southeast, but not back to Capernaum again. They, they traveled above the the Sea of Galilee, and the northern edge of the region called Galilee. Then they had looped even farther over to the east, come south, and then turn west again into the region of ten cities, or it's called Decapolis, because Decapolis means ten cities. And that's the area to the east of the Sea of Galilee, also Gentile country. We don't have very much information recorded for us about that time period, except that we know Jesus in the region of Decapolis, Uh, well, He healed uh, the um, Syrophoenician woman's daughter in uh, in Tyre, and uh, then He went up to Sidon, but He also healed that deaf man. He gave him perfect ability to speak, and then before He left the Decapolis region, He did kind of a repeat of one of His most spectacular miracles. This time, He fed 4,000 men plus women and children. That was all on the east side of the Sea of Galilee. And after that, they crossed the Sea of Galilee again, and they came to a place that we heard referenced last time, Dalmanutha, it's called by different names. And there, an amalgamated group of Jewish leaders from both the Pharisees and the Sadducees pounced on Jesus again. They demanded a sign from heaven. And Jesus said, Nope, you're not going to get one. In Matthew's version, we also know he said it's going to be the sign of Jonah, meaning my resurrection. And in that situation, the, the permanent self-inflicted blindness of the Jewish leaders sets the backdrop for the contrast to the physical blindness of the man in our text for this morning. Jesus uses blindness and sight as metaphors to describe the spiritual condition of souls. So they come back into um, Bethsaida. They've kind of crossed the sea and then zigzagged up to the north again. And, And it didn't take long for Word to get out that Jesus was in town. It was the hometown of at least those guys. Word would always travel quickly that Jesus was around. And we are told that this unidentified group known as they brought a blind man to Jesus, and they implored Him to touch Him. So we don't know who this was, but they had done, uh, Jesus had done so many miracles in that region that everyone knew how it worked. So they brought the blind man and asked Him to touch Him. Now, Jesus was willing to touch people that were almost universally avoided. Certainly, the hyper-spiritual Pharisees and their pompous counterparts, the Sadducees. They didn't go around touching people. But you understand, Jesus never became ill by touching a sick person. Sick people got well by His touch. Jesus never became ceremonially defiled by touching an unclean person, but unclean people were restored by His touch. Why, Jesus even touched lepers. And what happened? They didn't have leprosy anymore. And His response to this man shows great compassion. They implored Him, asked Him, exhorted Him to touch Him. That's the setting for the miracle. Now, we see phase one of this miracle, verses 23 and 24 in Mark 8. Taking the blind man by the hand, he brought him out of the village, and after spitting on his eyes and laying his hands on him, he asked him, do you see anything? If you would like this message on Compact Disc, let me know and we'll send it to you. You'll receive the entire message, not just the portion on today's program.